What's up, Kraken fans? Welcome to Season 2, Episode number 13 of Keeping Up with the Krakens, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is your co-host of the pod, Tyler Bell, coming from the Rocky Mountains of Alberta in beautiful Banff. Joined by fellow co-host of the pod, Alec Durham. How are you doing today, bud? Oh, not too bad, brother. I mean, as good as can be here, kind of in that in-between weather where everything, it snowed over the weekend there and it's kind of melting down and then freezing overnight and making it a real shit show when you first get up in the morning. Say it's beautiful in Banff, eh? I wish we had that. It's beautiful, um, but Durham, one thing it's not doing here and it's not snowing, so... uh... You know, that's kind of terrible, but it doesn't really matter for me too much because I got my my right knee wrapped up like a freaking burrito right now. So um, it's not like I'm really up to much these days. Yeah, you've been fucking snake bitten with the injuries. Snake bitten with the injuries. Don't know what's going on. Um, you know, just got over the foot injury and then all of a sudden my knee just acts up out of nowhere and now I'm wearing this stupid brace so I don't even know when I'll be able to go snowboarding man it's just been a little tragic lately yeah that's that's fucking disappointing I mean especially after being so excited for the winter but I mean let's try and not get bummed out here I mean it'll heal that's what's positive you're going to be able to walk and snowboard again you're going to hit the slopes you're going to fucking zip zip down the mountain there brother hopefully uh you know, just as fast as I'm sliding down in fantasy hockey. I mean, my goodness, what a shit show that's been lately. I uh, just want to uh, give a little shout out to uh, Peter Ball of uh, The Athletic, uh, who reports for Colorado. I just want to give a personal thank you to him for reporting that Nachushkin was going to be out for a while and uh, wasn't close to returning, uh, leading to me dropping him and fellow co-host of the pod picking him up for absolutely free so cheers man you're welcome for that i got i gotta say i do really appreciate it my wingers were probably the weakest spot on my team that helps getting evander Kane back helps i just i can't believe shoddy reporting got you there yeah yeah i can't believe it too Uh, if only somebody didn't send me that tweet i would have never even seen it and made that move it's just unfortunate but hey we all take big L's and uh, you know what? Sometimes you just got to sit back, own up to your own mistakes. Yeah. We've all uh, held on to guys too long or not long enough before. Yep. Very true. But uh, Durham, let's talk some Seattle crack in hockey. Obviously they're just going through, uh, just went through the best stretch they have as a franchise. They've been one of the best teams, if not like the best team in the NHL right now, a lot of craziness happening. A lot of great wins, a lot of team efforts, a lot of talk, a lot to talk about here. Oh, absolutely. Like you say, being one of the best teams, if not the best teams in the league this year. And I'm going to say this year, meaning calendar year, because they only just got their first loss of 2023. That's good, right? Yeah, I think that's pretty good sitting on uh, January 17th today. Uh, Durham, let's throw it back because they kept that winning streak alive uh, early last week, and they're going up against the best team in the NHL uh, and probably a team that you know might set some records by the end of the year with how many points they have. Uh, you know, records is in you know what we've seen in a long time, at least. I know, I know the first half of their season 
the Boston Bruins pretty much set a record all the way back to 1940s for how many points they had. Yeah, I think they're on pace for 64 wins and 137 points last I seen, which obviously would best Detroit and Tampa's 62 wins and 132 points or 134, whatever the hell it was. Whatever their record season was not that long ago, which is just freaking crazy. And the Kraken absolutely handled them. Oh, just fantastic game to watch. I mean, Jonesy goes 27 for 27 and gets the shutout, which obviously I didn't see coming because I benched Jones that night. Yeah, that's uh, it doesn't didn't really matter because he still had uh, two shutouts that week against uh, yours truly over here. So, um, you know, just keeping all those fantasy hockey uh, L's coming my way, which is which is OK. But uh, back on track here. Uh, yeah, the big three nothing win against Boston. That was incredible. And uh, to get it all started too, guess who the fourth line in a game where they absolutely battled and out battled the Bruins. Yeah, after the dump in by Borgen, the ferocious forecheck just gets after it. Turbo's going to finish a check on their D. He's going to caught, which is going to cause him to chip it down low. It's going to be a bouncing puck. It's going to hop over the other D partner's stick there. And who else but Sprong gets there on the wall and just whips it to the net. And after he finishes checked in the corner, that's where Turbo's going to go right to the front of the net. And he's going to tip home the first goal of the game and his eighth of the season. Yeah, he's definitely heated up a bit as of recently. And let's talk about that tipping goal. I mean, he was more to the side of the net there, went to the net. But like that angle of that tip was incredible. Yeah, that's nutty to be able to kind of pull it off from basically touching the goal line there. Yeah, that was. And then obviously just finds the smallest hole just to tip it past Olmark there. Give the guys the lead in the first period. And uh, they definitely outplayed the Bruins in the rest of that, the remainder of that first period. And then going into the second, much of the same. Yeah, the game was definitely more open than I expected to. You know, both goalies after that first goal from Tanev had to make some really nice saves. But obviously, like you said, not going to last forever. Once we hit the second period there, late on, you're going to have Tolvanen just absolutely snipe his sixth of the season. What a shot, eh? What a piss missile. He, uh, you know, he's able to find a bit of a loose puck there in the slot and, uh, yeah, he, he kind of fakes the shot at first and you see the defender freeze up going for a bit of a block shot. And then, you know, he takes that extra second to caress that shot and absolutely wires it top shelf. What a piss missile. It was in and out so quick. You could barely even tell it went in the net. Yeah, a bunch of people on the ice certainly didn't think it went in, but you could hear the tank and the referee in the corner just fucking waving his arm at the net. Good goal. Yeah, he pointed at that net about 17 times, just in case the first 16 times you weren't aware that it was actually in. He pointed that 17th time to let the crowd know it was, in fact, in the back of that net. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I just, like you said, I like the fake slap shot for the sell on the spin around, too. Just totally made that D bite. Like, that was disgusting. Being a six preference to skill guy myself, I love shit like that. 
Yeah, uh, sixth goal, too, for Tolvanen already on the season. And the bottom six uh, just getting it done on the forward court for the Kraken for this game. They came up huge. And then, of course, in that third period, they'd hold on to it. Some more big saves from Jonesy in the final frame. And, uh, yeah, the Kraken are able to bury the empty netter from Jaden Schwartz hitting his uh, his 10th of the year, getting into the multi-goal digits. And the Kraken come away with an absolutely huge three nothing win what a statement win yeah that was huge i mean especially when you look at it and they only won 27 percent of face-offs so to have the puck you start with the puck only 25 percent of the time and you still score 100 percent of the goals that's hot shit yeah, not only that, but they also kept the Bruins to basically no power plays chances, just the one power play chance all game too. So when you're starting without the puck and you're the one forechecking, they played a really clean game. And the important thing that we talked about last week was keeping pasta off the board, and they did exactly that. Not only that, but they kept everyone off the board from that Bruins team. I know, way to make me sound like a complete idiot, right? Like, oh yeah, try and keep pasta to less than two points because you know he's gonna get at least one and he didn't get fucking anything i'll just eat my words and i'll be happy to do it yeah no kidding and here's some more stats for you too just to go along with that that was the bruins first regulation loss at home since april 14th 2022 and the first time they were shut out at home since february 2nd 2022 from a six nothing loss to carolina Holy shit, almost a full calendar year. Like, what, two and a half weeks off? Yeah, and with that game, that also tied the franchise record for wins at seven as well. So just some incredible stats just from that one game alone. And they weren't done there, Durham, because to close out this record-setting road trip, they'd be playing against the Chicago Blackhawks, who, like we said, were the worst team in the NHL. Yeah, they just... Ugh, they're bad, right? And we could see that so early into this game. Eberle's 900th career game, by the way. And it's not just going to start with a bang. It's going to start with a lot of bangs because the Kraken are going to score six goals on their first seven shots. Oof, that's a tough night to be a Chicago goalie. Yeah, no kidding. That is a very tough night to be a Chicago goalie. And I don't even remember when they made the goalie change, but you could see just the level of defeat on Alex Stalock's, which is just body language. You know, after goals six and seven and eight were going in, he looked so defeated. Well, when the his first two shots against both go five hole, that was when I was like, you're fucked. Like, there's nothing you can do that's going to come back and win this game. <laughs> you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a chance. I mean, and, and guess who it was? It was that fourth line getting it done uh, to start things off again. Daniel Sprong getting in alone with his speed and is able to pop his 14th goal of the season. Chicago did kind of, you know, tie it up quickly with Jonathan Taves, you know, finding the back of the net with his 12th. But like you said, after that, it was all cracking and not a whole lot of saves for the Chicago goalie. Yeah, you're going to have five straight cracking goals in the next four minutes. You're going to have Baneers get his 17th. McCann's going to get his 20 and 21st of the year. Burakovsky's going to pop his 12th. And then that new kid, Eli Tolvin, and stays hot 
for his seventh of the year. We uh, here's the thing: we keep call. Well, I always called him Eli Tolvanen because that's what I thought. But now I'm hearing all of these announcers; they're all sticking to Ellie Tolvanen. Really? Uh, what do you think about that? I'm gonna have to start calling him Ellie. I know. I always thought Eli it just sounded great, but I guess Matt, it's I'm Ellie. An idiot. Damn, we're both idiots. So much for being a prospect guy. It's not like we didn't already know we were both idiots, but I mean, come on, right? <laughs> I try not to let other people know. I try not to. Out of those goals, what do you think was the best one? So let's go from just the first six, because I was still in the first period at least. Oh, I see. It's tough for me because I want to pick either Beneers or one of McCann's goals. Any of McCann's three goals. Spoiler alert, McCann finishes the hat trick. They were all just pure snipes from the same spot, basically. So, I'm, like, they're all kind of the same thing. And then Beneers was just a fucking perfect shot from the blue line right by the post. Gets it through, like, 18,000 people in front of the net. Yeah, it was nice. It just had the the perfect lane on it. I I absolutely loved McCann's goal. I don't know why he just just walks in and rips that one five hole. Uh, and then yeah, we'll get we'll get to his third goal because I love that one too. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to agree with you on McCann's second one being the best, just because that was the one like we said earlier, just dagger to the heart the second five hole goal in a row for Staylock, and that was he was dead he was like he was he didn't want to be in that crease at all just an absolute slacking of a first period you know second period comes around you got this ian phillips guy scoring his first goal you know a couple little small breakdowns uh nothing to really be worried about of course max domi pops one on the power play for his 13th but then heading into that third period two minutes in jared mccann just a nice rush a two-on-one uh he's not even thinking of donato at all on this play all he's thinking about is throw the hats because i'm absolutely holding on to this one and sniping this shot how about the confidence on mccann on that shot Oh, to just collect that and just rip it cheese too. That was disgusting. No like, doubt like in my said, mind. He was scoring that goal. No, yeah, no doubt in my mind. Sorry, I said two on one. I was just thinking of his other play for whatever reason. Totally not a two on one. It was just a scramble play uh, inside the zone. But he knew he was scoring that uh, before he even had the, his shot come off. Before that puck came off his stick, he knew that was going in the net. Yeah, that was definitely a shooter's kind of goal. Like, just it's on. He gets that extra second to collect, look up, see where everything is, and he knows this is going in. Yeah, and Bjorkstrand must have been pretty bored. He sits into the slot and uh, just, you know, wants in on the action. So he pops his seventh. That gives the Kraken the 8-3 lead in the game. And they would give up another power play goal, whatever, you know, in the last five minutes. And then that one goal with uh, 15 seconds left to Patrick Kane. What are you doing on that one, Alexiak? Yeah, that's just kind of someone who's kind of already checked out of the game, eh? Just, ah, sure, there's 15 seconds left. We're up four goals. Fuck it, who really cares? I don't have to try, but Max Domi's going to try. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty wild. The, the, the fact that, uh, I don't know, it looked like he's playing hot potato with himself uh, with the puck or... You know, there's a huge hole in his stick. He just had 
no ability to touch that puck with his stick, just fumbled it around and led to a little goal. Thank gosh it didn't really matter because the game ends 8-5. And Durham hit us with the stats of the week here. Well, this is going to be the well, sorry. Yeah. The stat of the week is that the Kraken are the first team in NHL history to sweep a seven game road trip. Yeah, how crazy is how unbelievable is that that the newest team, the Seattle Kraken, not even two years in yet, have now set that NHL record. It's even it's hard to even fathom. Like seven games in a row is hard enough, let alone they all have to be on the road. And then not only that, you have one of those games against, you know, a potential record-setting Boston team, uh, you know, with with the way their, their season record is going. You know, there's so many obstacles. You go in there, you sweep the Eastern Canadian road trip, you... You do so much. You face some of the opponents in your own division. It, it, everything just aligned for them, and they were able to pull this off, and it just blows my mind that it's never been done before. I thought the same thing, but then I kind of got thinking. I was like, fuck, I wonder how many seven-game road trips there's really been. But then when I saw the one infographic of, I think believe it was longest road trips where they swept and it, uh, obviously Kraken are the only team at seven. And then there was a few teams at six, but one of the teams was from back in like the sixties. They had a six game road trip. They swept. So I was like, fuck, you got to think there's a seven gamer way back then. Anyways. No kidding. Not only that, they did it with two different goalies too, which even adds to that. I just, it just seems insane, right? Yeah. You got to get both guys going at the same time. And a lot of things got to go right. Yeah, and they did go right. And because of that, the Seattle Kraken would set another franchise record for them with win number eight in a row for this team. How are you? Yeah, they'd look to try and make it nine against Tampa, but unfortunately it's going to stay at eight. But even still, to have, I believe they already had a seven-game win streak earlier, correct? They did, yeah, this year, yeah. So to have a seven and then an eight-game win streak in the same fucking season, like, you're having a strong year. You are having a strong year, and everything indicates that. I mean, 26-13-4 right now. Like you said, they uh, they come home for a little matinee Monday action against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think it was, what, uh, 2 p.m. start for me? So 1 p.m. start there in, in the Pacific. So you know a lot of young kids were able to come out and watch that game and, and support the Kraken, which was pretty cool. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, they weren't able to muster up all the support that the Kraken needed. Hell of a game, though, really, like to play it that tight against the Lightning for as long as you could. Yeah, you could tell maybe they just didn't have their legs to start off. They weren't exactly as sharp as you wanted them, and that kind of led to, I'd say, that first goal of the game just because Tampa was able to take advantage of a lot of the smaller mistakes and get a lot more time in their in their zone there in the Kraken zone and uh you know eventually one of those shots is gonna is gonna find its way into the back of net and that's what happened on the first one there when Pierre Edward Belmar is able to tip home his second from an Ian Cole point shot there and and let's give credit where it's due how about Grubauer it could have been a lot worse in that first period if it wasn't for him 
Oh, Grubauer had a hell of a game here. I mean, especially with a great save he makes on Tampa's power play just as it expired there. I'm not sure if that was in the first or if it was in the second. I can't remember. I just remember, mm-hmm. holy shit, how did you get across on that? Yeah, no kidding. It was uh, insane. Like, just watching him do the split sometimes just oh, it just hurts. Just, you know, you almost feel like you're pulling – pulling a hammy or something, just watching him do those kinds of moves. It's pretty incredible, the flexibility of goaltenders with all that equipment on. Um, But jumping back into this one, yeah, the second period, again, nice little hard-fought battle, back-and-forth action, high pace to the game, but didn't see any scoring until the third period where, you know, a good little battle by Vince Dunn behind his own nets, able to squeeze off Nick Paul. But unfortunately, he kind of starts to skate away without the puck there, kind of just a you know, fans on a bit of a play and Nick Paul takes advantage of it and is able to corral that puck. And as Vince Dunn kind of tries to, you know, get back into that play, he ends up screening Grubauer and, and Nick Paul's putting the puck through his legs there and, and kind of an unstoppable one for Grubauer. It's hard to stop it when you can't see it. Yeah, that was just, I mean, kind of as much as I love done this year and don't worry, I'll get into that later. That was just the classic done breakdown there like makes a good play and then just something fucking weird happens to him he overskates the puck doesn't get his stick down on it now all of a sudden he's in a quick panic mode as he spins around and paul's got the puck and just kind of bodies him off a little bit and like you said just unfortunate that it happened to go between his legs and the seven hole on grubauer but nothing grubauer was going to do on that one that was just shit luck that it found its way through yeah, exactly. Shit luck that it's found its way through. But I really like to push back even after giving up that goal by the Kraken. And the response from Vince Dunn, who was able to, uh, you know, bury a goal and, and get things close with just half a period left to play and, and give themselves an opportunity to push to tie that game up. And, you know, him burying his eighth of the year already. Um, but it wasn't quite enough as, you know, the Tampa Bay lightning would end up bearing a couple with the empty net, but I did like the pushback. Yeah. It was nice to see Vince Dunn respond after like only a few minutes after a poor mistake there too, with a big clap on net gets it through. I mean, sure it hit off Cole's shin pad there, but whatever, they don't ask how they just ask how many. And for Vince Dunn, that's now seven points in a row or seven games in a row with a point which is going to tie Eberle and Larson for the longest streak in Kraken history. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. And I think going into that Tampa game, uh, before it, he was a, what, like a plus 18 in his last 10 games, which is pretty incredible to think about that. Especially when you look at last year and it seemed like every big oh-no moment was Vince Dunn. Yeah, like... Yeah, it was hard to be like, is he this bad or is he the most unlucky player in the league? Because it kind of felt that way last year where every little mistake turned into a big mistake because it was a goal against. And it was almost comical, some of the mistakes too. Like falling over and tripping over blue lines and shit. And it's like, what the fuck, Vince? Yeah, it was just crazy. But it's great to see, you know, just how much he is come from that point last year to where he is now and and it's just an incredible turnaround really yeah i 100 percent agree with you that like you say the turnaround he's had he's completely revamped the decor like this offensive guy we were looking for at the start of the year and when we signed schultz 
I know we both kind of thought maybe this is going to be the guy that's going to compete with Dunn for power play time. There's no competition anymore. Dunn is the offensive guy on our blue line. Yeah, he's the offensive guy, and there's nothing wrong with where Schultz is on that second power play because that's a power play that can still produce and and uh, has proven that, and, and you could see that by even Schultz's point totals. So, um, you know, two guys who were just uh, just getting it done both, and obviously Dunn's taking that extra step up and and uh, taking control of that first unit and, and all those responsibilities that come with it. Well, moving on here, they're going to get into uh, the bit of a road trip. I know they just had that home game against Tampa, but on Tuesday, January 17th, they're going to venture up to oil country and taking on the Edmonton Oilers there, eh? Tonight, Durham. Tonight they play the Edmonton Oilers. I like how you just gave us the date for today. That was that was pretty comical. Uh, yeah, you're right. A bit of a tough situation here, you know, just on the, uh, the second half of a back-to-back, which you know, never makes it that easy. Oilers have a bit more rest, but another huge game tonight, right? You're facing off against a Pacific division rival. And not only that, things get a little bit tougher in the fact that Evander Kane joins the lineup tonight too. Yeah. I wasn't really ready for that until I seen on Twitter today, I think it'd be what, three or four hours ago. Now they've announced that Kane's coming back. I mean, we both kind of seen the rumors a little bit going through the Twitter verse and we assumed that, uh, I think the 21st they play Vancouver was everyone thought that was going to be the game, but no, he's coming back even earlier. Yeah. Even earlier. Like I, honestly, I should have found a tweet saying he wasn't even close to returning. Maybe he popped <laughs> into the group <laughs> chat. Then maybe you could have made some mistakes like me, but um, you know, we're not all half fucking in one all the time. Like I am apparently. So uh, back at it though. What, what are you thinking about tonight? So, you know, this is, this is a huge game. Uh, Oilers are playing good hockey as of late, but uh, you know what? The Kraken, the Kraken are going to be out there just competing tonight. I think tonight's going to be kind of a tough one. You know, you've been playing such great hockey lately and that does kind of take a wear on guys, especially after you have a deflation of a loss like last night. I know it was a great game, but any loss does kind of bum you out and bring you down a little bit. Edmonton having a few days off, us on the back-to-back. I think it's kind of tough to replicate the exact same game you had against Boston, which is what I think you're going to need against Edmonton. You can't give them power play chances. They're first in the league at 31%. So I don't know. I just don't think it's going to go well tonight. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It's it's been interesting so far with the two games they've uh, these two teams have played already this season. You know, in Seattle, Edmonton came in and gave an absolute slacking and beat them seven two. But then the Oilers respond back on January third, not too long ago. They go into Edmonton and steal a big game and put up a good five two win. So um, so far, it's been the away team in this uh, little season series that has come out on top. So. Uh, tonight's a bit of a pivotal game, you know, to get that that uh, guaranteed second out of four victories um, kind of gives you an opportunity to set the, the tone for the final game of the season series and and, uh, you know, try to win that season series three one, whoever comes away with that victory tonight or it's, a, you know, a battle for, you know, a, an even split of the season series. Yeah, and you definitely want to have the stranglehold on that because if you end up tied with Edmonton, I think if it's just two teams, it goes head-to-head first, correct? Yeah, I believe so. So that's something to keep an eye for. If we end up tied with Edmonton, you want these next two games. 
Yeah, they do become big anytime you're facing your your Pacific, your own uh, division rivals. They're absolutely huge games. So uh, tonight's going to be a thrilling one, uh, and I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah, nine o'clock Eastern, so six. No, yeah, so six o'clock Pacific. Nailed it. Yeah, there I did you go. Not so quick math. There we go. Hey, it was quick enough, right? It didn't have too big of a pause going on. Um, but then, yeah, back at home too later in the week, uh, January 19th, against the New Jersey Devils, who, again, an, another team who have been kind of rolling as of lately. Yeah, they're starting to fire off. Now they've got five in a row. It's the end of a five-game road trip for them too, coincidentally enough. So all of the, that win streak was on the road. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can spoil the sweep that they're going for here. They're trying to get six. Uh, six at a six for the road but fun fact the devils are the only team in the league with less multi-goal multi-power play goal games than the kraken they've only got two games this season with two power play goals or more yeah that is actually a pretty wild stat i didn't know that yeah it took me way too long to figure that shit out today <laughs> yeah they are a pretty strong uh team on the penalty kill though 11th overall in the league right now 80.7 so they do have that going for them and even with that power play stat from both sides these are two teams who are uh you know top six and goals four per game so pretty wild stat to think about you know two teams who don't have you know top end of the league power plays both not even in the top half of the league in power plays but our top six and goals for that usually doesn't happen yeah that's certainly something i wouldn't have expected is just straight up dominance from a even strength team and the top of the goal scoring being not a power play team Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you don't see that too often. And but this is the first time that we're seeing uh, this matchup uh, against the New Jersey Devils this year. So uh, it'll be a definitely an interesting one. I know, obviously, Jack Hughes is firing on all cylinders. He's got nine points in his last five games. Um, but other than that, I mean, if you're able to kind of shut down a guy like Jack Hughes, they don't have the most insane depth scoring down their lineup either. Um, Dougie Hamilton is kind of that next best offensive weapon i'd say for this team i mean jesper bratt's always good but his point totals haven't really been uh there as of late at least so uh yeah this will be a good matchup a lot of speed from both teams yeah one thing that is interesting that i also just learned before the podcast going on here the new jersey devils are 10 and 0 against pacific division opponents this year so let's try and spoil that Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Time to break that streak. Right? It's going to be 10 and 1 now. Yeah, exactly. No doubt in my mind, we're getting that victory against the Devils. And uh, after that, going to be facing off in a big Saturday night matchup against the Colorado Avalanche. Still at home, Durham. Yeah, that one's going to be a tough one, I think, because it looks like Colorado might be kind of turning around. A lot of people are saying it might be time to worry about the Avs. They've kind of been bad recently, and they've obviously had their share of injuries. But they got Mac back. We talked about how apparently Nachushkin's ready to roll. And this all of a sudden becomes a team I don't think you want to face in round one, no matter where they are in the standings. I don't want anything to do with Colorado. They're going to be pretty damn close to being healthy by the time uh, that 
playoff run is going to roll around. And like you said, they got the Mac attack back and, uh, you know, he's been on fire to say the least, uh, 11 points in his last five games. He's a plus 13. He just gets it done everywhere on the ice. Yeah. Like he's got 47 points in 31 games and 34 assists. The guy's an assist a game. He's just automatic. I thought you were going to break into like a grease fucking song there. He's automatic. He's no. systematic. Grease would be right up my mom's alley. She fucking loves that movie. Well, he gave me those vibes as soon as he said automatic. That's for sure. Sorry, I tried to scrub that out of my memory. That and Pretty Woman. She watched those movies a lot growing up. Pretty Woman. Oh, that's, right? a, that's, that's a good a- tune. That is an absolute tune. That is an that's an all timer. Well, now I know what we're gonna be singing on the way out tonight. Yeah, exactly. Uh, interesting little note here, tidbit: the Kraken uh, have faced Colorado once already. If we throw it back to October twenty first of this season, come away with a big three two win. Uh, you know, in the color in Colorado's barn. So. Uh, this is going to be thrown back into the Kraken's barn. And then they have one more matchup before the end of the season too in March. So uh, an ability to basically win the season series this week, which is, uh, you know, it's a, only a three game one, but that's pretty neat to, to do against the uh, defending Stanley cup champions Durham. Exactly. And having not lost yet, you got a shot to go for the three Pete and the sweep. So that brings me to my next point. We had uh, three games this week coming up, and what's the what's it going to be, Durham? Two zero oh, and one. I don't Do know. Want to leave it at that? Ask. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, that's okay with me. I'm not a big fan of predictions in the first place, so I'm just going to leave them on the easy ones. Yeah, no, I know. I enjoy putting you on the spot. I could, I could just hear the uncomfortableness <laughs> in your voice. <laughs> Thank you so much. Football fans, the NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 on the NFL divisional round and get 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. All right, welcome back, Kraken fans. And uh, Durham, we have some midseason awards to hand out. Where do you want to start, my guy? Um, Should we start from uh, the blue line here with best defenseman, maybe? Yeah, let's start. Uh, let's start with the best defenseman here. And uh, I know we've been pumping this guy's tires for a little bit, so it shouldn't come as any surprise. Durham, go for it. Hand it out. Well, Vince Dunn, welcome to the podium, buddy. This guy leads the team defenseman in goals, assists, points, even strength goals, even strength points. Power play points, shot and shot on goals, and has had a monster turnaround year. The guy is gonna get paid. 
Yeah, no doubt is he going to get paid. Uh, We're going to leave that for another uh, podcast coming up where we maybe take a little bit more of a deeper dive into, you know, what we think the contract's going to look like for Vince Dunn, comparables around the league, and, and, uh, you know, what that contract might look like and and try to do a best prediction. But uh, for sure, he is going to get paid, so I'm excited to to be able to talk about that because it's fun to predict those contracts. Especially for a guy that like we talked about earlier has kind of struggled and really had to earn his emergence. And that's what I think we can call this year, obviously with the season he's had as an emergence. Yeah. Not only that. Yeah. I think it's a huge part. Like you said, the monster turnaround, like we could sit here and say, yeah, he leads the decor and goals, assists, points, even strength, power, play shots, uncle, all of those. And that looks good and it looks fantastic, but uh, you really do notice it with the small things that he does on the ice and uh, some of the plays he's able to make. And, you know, the ones that don't lead to, to some of those stat categories and, and I think that's where it's important to be able to recognize why Vince Dunn is the best defenseman at our midway point. Yeah, just having a phenomenal year in 22-23. Yes, no doubt about it. Okay, best forward Durham game. Drum roll, give it away. Well, this should come as no shock to anybody as we're going to just agree with the NHL here. They picked him as our all-star Matty Beniers, baby. Matty the Batty Beniers. Yes, no doubt in my mind, this guy's getting uh, the best forward award at the midway point here. I mean, like you said, he's top two on the team and goals, points, even strength, goals, even strength, points, power play goals, game winning, game winning goals, which is crazy to think about as a guy in his first year in the NHL to be able to be top two on your team in game winning goals. Right. To be basically leading or second in every major category for your NHL team as, and it's your first year on the team. Like that's pretty impressive shit. Did we uh, forget to mention that he's only 20 years old? Only 20. He still can't drink in Seattle, bro. He's not even allowed to go to the pub. I mean, mind you, this guy's slanging it on some beers, I'll tell you that. I mean, after some of these performances, of course he would be. But I don't know, Matty Beneers, he's just on another level. Maybe he's just not about that. Maybe maybe he fucking just downs a couple peanut butter chocolate chip protein shakes no just kidding it wouldn't be chocolate chips in there those are just for mine uh so so yeah maddie Beneers, this kid's a star not only a star but an all-star and of course that's why he deserves best forward absolutely all right team mvp durham this one's fucking so hard for me like in my opinion you have two legit contenders i think at forward and at defenseman, and I don't mean like one forward, one D. I mean two forwards and two D could both have this shot. But then you also have Jones, who is third in the league in wins and second in the league in shutouts. Like, I don't know how you pick just one guy. But I'm still picking I'll Dunn. tell you, I'll tell you what. I think Dunn's a great pick. I'll go with Martin Jones. I think he deserves team MVP at this point of the season because 
being a third string goalie coming in, signing this one year deal, knowing that Drager's injured, you know, Grubauer's supposed to be the starter. You throw back to our episodes when we were talking about this situation before this, the first game of the season, we were like, yeah, Jones is like never going to play. Grubauer's going to get played all the time. We sit here today. What is it? January 17th, Durham, am I correct? Yep. January 17th. And Martin Jones, 21, 5, and 3 for this freaking team right now. You look at that and look at what he's done for this team to step in there and come up with these huge performances. You're banging off some crazy stats right there. For me, I think I got to give my MVP award to Jonesy. I can't, like I said, man, like I can't argue with any of the five players that were on my mind. I would have been hard to believe that he would even have more than 25 games played, let alone 21 wins. So for me, that is just, just unbelievable. But I have absolutely nothing wrong with you giving it to Vince Dunn for what he's done as well. For what Vince has done as well, eh? And he ah. keeps downing. Yeah, he's just he's done it. He's done it all. And he ain't he's done, done yet. He's not done at all. All right. We're terrible with that. Uh, best performance. <laughs> best performance. Let's uh, go. What do you got? I would love to be able to say Seattle versus Boston, but I don't think that's allowed. That seems like a cop-out. So I'm pretty sure last year we went with Eberle's Hattie against Buffalo, which means this year. I'm sticking with Ebbs. Only this time, he didn't score a single goal in this game. It's his four-assist game against the Kings. Dude was dishing it like he's 10 years younger out there and had hands of a magician. Now you see me. Now you don't. It's in your net, bro. Yeah, he's giving the fucking shake into his right in front of his face there with his glove. Like We talked about it all year. This is vintage Ebbs. Uh, you know, he's back to where he was. I mean, uh, he's looking, yeah, maybe not quite as young as 10, but uh, he's definitely looking like a younger version of himself out there. And I have no problem with you picking uh, this four assist game against the Kings. That's uh, that's a good one. I am I am all for that. Uh, let's move on. Biggest disappointment because it's, you know, you can't, it's not all fucking rainbows and sunshines out here. Durham, what's, what's been the biggest disappointment? I might be such an asshole for saying this, but I'm going to pick the hurt guy. And just because that's all he seemed to have been in Seattle is hurt. So I'm going with Philip Grubauer. He's having another tough year, unfortunately, statistically. And if you don't think so, he's actually on pace for worse numbers than he was last year. And I'm just saying there's a fair bit of money tied up there. So if he's going to be an injury rural guy who doesn't put up great numbers anymore, then they need to find a long-term solution there. Yeah, like you said, the I think the biggest worry is that you locked him up for so long at pretty good, pretty big money. I mean, 5.9, right? You're looking at $6 million. That's uh, starting goaltender money for sure, no doubt about it. And it's tough, you know. He The nice thing is he's coming off a pretty good performance, even though, again, it was a loss. It uh, just doesn't seem like the team's been able to score for him as of recently. Uh, he hasn't been able to get some of those wins behind his back, but you know this could all gear up for a really good second half for Grubauer, where 
you know, he's able to find his game and hopefully that's the case. But um, I think you're spot on the money here because there was huge expectations for Grubauer to have a bounce back and it's been anything but a bounce back. Yeah. I mean, this is, everyone was hoping we were going to get the goalie tandem that we signed up for this year with a healthy Grubauer. And then Dreger got hurt at the world championships. We were like, fuck, okay, well maybe we'll have, you know, Jones play, uh, Decord play a few games, but you know, we're going to have Grubauer and Grubauer has been the absolute backup this year. Yeah, he really has been. And uh, like you said, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough situation for him just with the injuries, right? Like once you're riddled with some injuries and, and that when once that happens, it's it's almost a snowball effect, and it could it's probably pretty, been pretty tough mentally for him too. So uh, it's one of those things where he's just got to stay, you know, battling. And uh, you know, this team's been playing really well, so you could try to find some confidence in the bat in that in that crease just based on how his team's performing and the support he's getting from Martin Jones. So, you know, hopefully he continues to kind of trend upward like he has as of recently and, and uh, big things are to come in the second half. Yeah. And if you don't want to be a dickhead for the biggest disappointment, you could say the power play. Do you know the last time the Seattle Kraken scored two power play goals in a game? Oh, I don't know. 11 games ago, 14 games ago. I didn't do the math of it like that, but that's got to be close because it was the Eberle four assist game, November 29th against the Kings. November 29th is the last yeah, time. Probably like 16 or so games ago. You're probably yeah, bang they, on, uh, dude. Yeah. And it went through that really, really hot spot there too. That was when the, when the PP was absolutely banging, just banging all night long. Um, yeah, it, it was really consistent there for a while. And then just as quick as it was consistent, it disappeared. And it just hasn't been there for this team. But uh, it doesn't matter that much right now. But eventually, when those even strength goals are going to dry up a bit, uh, you're going to need to depend on your power play. And, and not only that, but, you know, this no doubt in my mind is really going to be, gonna be a, a, most likely a playoff team. And when that one playoff comes around, no team makes it far without a without a power play that can put pucks in the back of the net. And that was my number one worry. If you don't get a power play going, you're screwed. Oh, Doggo. Doggo's getting in on the action. I think he agrees. I think he He's agrees. He's heated that. that the power play does not score goals. Yeah, he wouldn't be barking up a storm like that if that wasn't the case. That or someone's trying to rob us. But probably mm-hmm. the power play. Yeah, let's hope not. Fuck. Uh, power, uh, power, player of the week, Durham. Uh, you know, it was a big week for a lot of players. Uh, but who do you got here? Well, to be honest, this one was easy for me because the NHL made the decision for us. He was the player of the week in the NHL. That's first star of the week. So how can we not choose Martin Jones? Three wins, 933 save percentage, 167 goals against average and two shutouts. One of those shutouts made him the first visiting goalie to win in regulation in Boston this season. Go Jonesy. Yeah, that's just, uh, yeah, when you put it that way, it's a, it really was a pretty easy decision. How could you go against that? I mean, it's not like the NHL always gets it right, but they definitely did this time, and, and he's 
pretty deserving of first star of the week there and player of the week from us. So I like that pick. Go Jonesy, baby. Hell yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, hopefully everybody's been voting in some more Kraken players. Obviously, Veneers would be uh, pretty blessed to have some other players join him. If you were to send somebody from the team right now, who would you choose between Burakovsky and Dunn? I'm sending Dunn. I think he deserves it. Like the guy's just been kind of fighting for scraps, thinking he could be a top four D in the league and asked for shots in St. Louis and kind of got a little look here and there and then got a chance to go elsewhere and show what he's got. And he's shown it. So let him show it at the all-star game, baby. Yeah. Hell yeah. Like I I'd love to see done there, especially with how hot he's been. Um, the wrapping up of the votes happens tonight. So you know, obviously we won't be able to tell people to keep voting, but hopefully fans have been voting and trying to get done into the uh, all-star votes. I know I'm going to send off my 10 of the day uh, just when we get off the podcast here, just to pump those numbers up, baby. Yeah, I think you could do it on Twitter too, right? With the hashtags. Yeah, I believe so. Yep. Yeah, you do it with the hashtags as well. So have to send out some more tweets right before the game. Give one last push uh, to get the Dundaker into the all-star game, baby. All right, Durham, that pretty much wraps things up. Uh, do you got anything else you uh, want to talk about, want to throw in there? No, I don't think I have anything. Just uh, getting ready for games tonight. Yeah, getting ready for the game. Maybe you have to do some game, pregame stretches. Uh, I won't be doing too many when my knee's wrapped up like this, but uh, you don't have any little hidden stats uh, hidden underneath the sleeves before we uh, end this pod? I feel like you're trying to hint me at, hint one at me, but I am totally blanking. I, am, I don't think I'm I totally, have anything. I ain't hitting nothing. I just, I don't know. You're just, sometimes you're just the stat magician guy. You just, you know, they're flinging them out of everywhere. So I thought, Hey, maybe he's got one on me. He's just, he's just going to hit me with it, but no, that's okay. Let's, uh, let's, uh, wrap things up here. Um, yeah, that was episode 13. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Make sure to rate this episode five stars if you've enjoyed it and stay tuned for episode 14. When we talk about some upcoming cracking wins against some big opponents coming up this week, baby. And of course, keep you in tune with everything cracking related. Uh, yeah, let's get the puck out of here, Darren. Cheers, everybody. Peace.